internet, it's Jerry Gagosian, the art world's favorite meme maker turned mediocre podcaster. <clears throat> I'm not really used to this, as you can probably tell, and I'm a little self-conscious hearing the sound of my voice, not to mention I've been alone in my apartment for three and a half days, and you guys are pretty much the only people I've talked to besides all the members of the art world who I've been picking up the phone and speaking to and learning in real time about how COVID-19 is affecting the art world and steps that are steps and actions that are being taken in real time to deal with the situation. I had a really interesting conversation with Esther Kim Barrett, who is the owner of Various Small Fires, uh, an incredible art gallery and program that is in Los Angeles and Seoul, South Korea. She is an innovator. She's incredibly progressive. You can read more about her here on the episode description page and about her gallery and all of her artists. But basically what I want to do is just jump straight into the phone conversation and let you hear her speak. Again, this is AM Art Radio. I'm sorry that the audio recording is shitty and listen to the message. That's the most important part. Hi, Esther. How are you? Hi. Great. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm just wonderful, you know, just... <laughs> are you um, at home in your PJs like I am? <laughs> no, I'm at Art Basel Hong Kong right now. Oh, you are in the viewing <laughs> in the hallways of the viewing room? Um, I'm in the VIP collector's lounge. Oh, awesome. Uh-huh. Um, Let me give me that free champagne. Um, <laughs> um, okay, I I have a few questions for you today. Um, sure. I'm gonna do like a little intro on who you are. Um, okay. But then um, I'm gonna just jump into a few questions. Um, my only like coaching or advice, because I'm talking to to so many different people, is like try to be as real as possible. And if you don't know something, just say, I don't know. You know, like, don't, we don't need to fucking fluff over any of this. We just need to talk right. about what we have in front of us. Right. Okay. So first question is, is your gallery closed yet? Um, we are not. We are... By appointment only right now, although we are deinstalling the show, um, it's supposed to end on Saturday, but we're deinstalling it tomorrow, okay. mostly because we want to get the works to our storage unit, and we just don't know how much longer storage will be open. Um, and we know that they're open today and tomorrow, so we're trying to kind of move things along. Okay. Um, and... So is that, is the situation with the storage, is that sort of like a matriculation down of all the other sort of lesser seen businesses that help an art gallery function also having to scale back and are, what are, you know, if so, like, what do you feel are going to be uh, the challenges ahead for you because you will have your space, you will have, you know, your digital space, but what sort of IRL services are you going right. to be missing? So, um, 
that's that, that's something that I'm trying to figure out in real time. So, for example, we were supposed to the largest painting in our current Clitoral show is 13 feet wide, and LACMA had purchased it. So, it was supposed to go to LACMA, but again, LACMA's kind of storage registrarial department has stopped responding to us uh-huh. and responding to the admin department. Um, and they believe that that has started closing. Um, and so we would now won't be able to move the largest painting from the current show in order, uh, into, into LACMA storage, which is again, very specific to the coronavirus times, um, because we are realizing that, you know, when we start not hearing back from people and things go radio silent, things have just closed. Um, and so, that's why we kind of, I made the decision to just deinstall it early and move it to our storage unit um, when we could, just so that it will enable us to at least mount the next show where, I mean, I, I would like to clarify, we are by appointment only one person at a time. We only have one person staffing the gallery at a time. Mm-hmm. What we do is we're leaving all the doors open from the street level all the way inside to the exhibition space so that when you do come after making an appointment that you won't have to touch anything. Oh, um, okay. So you just kind of park your car, get out, and then come in. You can view and then leave without touching. Um, and so we have and, – and, and I also realized for us in order to just have a sense of moving forward – um, it was important to at least mount the next show mm-hmm. and um, have it so have it ready so that we can do a lot of the things that we would like to do to translate it into the digital world, which is photograph it or or you know just if you have the works up, you can actually do um, video content, all of these other things. Right. And so um, that's that's kind of the moving timeline on our end of what we are planning on doing again um and and for for me I do feel like it's not just a two-week thing Mm -hmm. right that we're gonna have to do have to be in a situation like this Mm -hmm. um I have kids in school and we just got a message that the kids won't be able to go back to school at least until April 11th which for me shows that and there are you know other signs from the government and you know Gavin Newsom also said something um, yesterday, basically saying that schools will most likely not go back into the fall. <laughs> so wow. I I am prepared that this will be a new route reality for a long time, um, and that's why I just felt like shutting everything down is necess- not necessarily the best way forward because we can't be shut down until the fall you know what I mean like we have to figure out now ways that we can make this work and you know this week um I just finished setting up um a by appointment platform where somebody could um digitally you know nail salons use this technology for example where you can book an appointment online and you can see the different time slots that are available yeah um so that's something that we're probably gonna um blast and roll out to our to a select number of people first um just so that we can kind of control how many people uh, you know, i'm not saying everybody's going to start coming out but i do think that in two or three weeks um there's going to be a little bit of a relaxation <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of how people um 
feel like they can go out into the world. And um, I've seen something similar happen in Seoul, actually, right. who's they've been in this quarantine era for over two months now. Mm-hmm. And um, there are people trickling out and coming to see shows and, um, and you know, being very specific and direct about where they go um, and how they interact and, and, and shows and galleries are seen more as safe spaces. Like you're not, it's not traditionally a place with large crowds. Right. So um, I think that there could be a, a path forward basically. Well, that that's perfect. And that leads to my next question, which is, do you feel personally like you have a little bit of a learning curve ahead on some galleries because your other gallery in Seoul has already been in the path of the pandemic? And what are you learning from your experience a few weeks different in time? You know, like, what are you using there and what you learned there to apply to Los Angeles? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. Um, I think uh, there's been news this week that Seoul has started curbing and containing the coronavirus. And, um, and I think it has kind of led to, um, at least psychologically, for the people on the ground there, um, to feel like life can kind of start continuing a little bit more mm-hmm. than it has. And um, and Korea, as you know, is a very small country, and and uh, they've been very vigilant about um, keeping their medical resources within the country now. Yeah. Um, even a month ago, uh, you know, civilians, you know, for example, my staff in Korea, they were sending us boxes of supplies, masks, hand sanitizer, all that stuff. Now it's illegal to send that stuff out of the country because mm-hmm. um, there is a sentiment that they need those resources for themselves. And so they've been able to basically stockpile the resources necessary, the medical resources necessary in order to control the virus in the country. Yeah. I don't really know if that's going to be the story here in America. Um, and so, and, and just to answer your question, it has, um, given me a little bit more of a lead time to think about this situation because I've been thinking about it already with our gallery in Seoul. I mean, we closed the gallery, um, for weeks here and there over the past couple of months. Um, I've been, you know, communicating with my staff there about kind of the, the temperature of the audience and kind of what psychologically what everybody's going through. Okay. This Um, is perfect. Wait, really fast. Cause this kind of goes into the next question that you can tie in, which is like, what is that temperature? Like what are, what are your collectors saying? What, you know, are people, is your engagement higher online right now? Like what, what are people, is anybody buying? Um, again, I, I, we feel a little sheltered. I think that we were very fortunate to participate in the independent um, last week, which people, was it a week or a week and a half ago? It was like, losing track of yeah, time. it was like a week and a half ago. And I remember people joking and saying to me, how does it feel um, participating in the last art fair of the year while I was at the independent? And we did a solo presentation of an artist, Jesse Hummer French, and we were able to sell the works 
in the first 45, like the entire booth in the last, the first 45 minutes of the fair, we were very um, fortunate and we kept on getting inquiries, even, you know, throughout the run of the fair, but online, we saw the rise of inquiries coming out mostly actually not from Americans, even though we were generating interest still on the ground here, but from people in Taiwan, Mm -hmm. uh, people in London, people in um, the UAE and Bahrain, like in the Middle East, Mm -hmm. um, and and people in Korea. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, I think Asia is one thing where people have already gone through a cycle of this and they're, they're back out looking at what's going on and what's available and what's being talked about and, and um, what's being circulated online as far as images go and, and engaging and ready to buy. Um, I, I see, I see these different markets going in different stages, depending on where they are in the timeline of dealing with this coronavirus crisis. And so with that said, I do feel a little lucky that we've been able to um, also have a sensibility uh, as a business that is um, multi kind of multifaceted and multi-layered um, depend because we are dealing with kind of two different markets. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, as far as America goes and what, what's happening here, um, I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like we've been totally um, lucky because we have been selling works almost every day this week even really uh yes but because we were that's why i felt like it was really urgent for us to continue and it was to pre-sell the upcoming show right that is supposed to open on the 28th and that's why i felt like it was very important kind of of looping back to what i've been doing for the past few days Mm -hmm. is to um move forward so that we can put the exhibition up um, and I think it's important for us to do that because we have all of this programming and all this work coming through the pipeline from artists, studios. It's important for us to say, listen, we're not closed. We are going to go and physically put the work up in this space. We're going to figure out how to do that safely um, and figure out ways to then translate these works that you're giving to us into this new era. Um and we're going to do it by X, Y, Z means. And so it felt like a very important um, step as far as the continuity of the business um, and the gallery goes. And, and we also made a decision in Korea to um, open Josh Klein's show, which was, uh, which is set to open April 4th. And we're still sticking to that. And um, my staff went to the storage unit in Korea where Josh Klein's works have arrived and photographed it. He posted it online yesterday and I got the most amazing text from Josh in New York. And he was like, it just feels really great to know that things are moving forward somewhere, you know, Mm -hmm. um, in the world. And, and he was incredibly grateful that we decided to move forward and figure out a way to move forward. and so, so that's, yeah, that's where we are. Well, you're kind of the perfect uh, interviewee because you're, you're naturally leading to all of my questions because my next question was just, <laughs> um, you know, have you spoken to your artists? Um, have they shut down their studios and what concerns are they expressing? 
You know, I think most of our artists are American, so we're all kind of living through the the new dramatic reality like shift that we're all you know, and we're all living through it together. And what I've actually been very impressed by is everybody's complete flexibility and trust in that we're making the best decisions possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, I know that. Uh, you know, if you're an artist and you've been working on a body of work for the past year, of course you want it to be shown. Mm-hmm. But when the options are, um, I mean, are so murky right now as they are, I think, um, I don't know, I've just been very impressed. I mean, that's, you know, that goes to say with Kalita Rawls, who's the current exhibition, when we were like, we have to, we, I think we should, we might have to close a few days early just to accommodate and keep things moving. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that was fine. You know, she said she got everything out of the show that she already wanted to get out of. So whatever we wanted to do, um, we should do it. And the same thing with the next show. And Josh, you know, with Jesse and French, Jessica, it's like everybody's just kind of like, you do what's best <laughs> in LA or in Seoul yeah. um, based on what you know. And so people have been, uh, the artists have been incredibly gracious and generous and flexible, which um, is all that you could really ask for in this, uh, in this next phase. Yeah. You know, uh, this isn't really a question. This is just a thought, but I really wonder on like an ontological level, what, um, having a show will now mean like what does it mean to have a show why do you want to have a show you know what constitutes a show or an exhibition now because you know there's online viewing spaces which are quickly becoming legitimized as a way for seeing art I mean as you know Art Basel Hong Kong open today and you know but as an artist who maybe makes things you know because they want people to see it I wonder how they're going to be feeling now when there's a high potential that the work will go from their studio to being photographed to going into a virtual space to going into a a collection that may or may not ever see the light of day right so um, I think that's a very good question. And the thing is, is that we've been, we've had this technology for a really long time, right? Like, it's not like the virtual viewing room, that kind of thing. There have, app, there have been apps, there have been all sorts of platforms that have already been in place for the past few years, but hasn't really taken off for a reason. It's because the primacy of the viewing experience in person is still very important, not only to the artist, but it's important to the audience. And the access to being able to see it in person is still important. And so, um, and we've also been grappling with this, like digital reality with Instagram and all that stuff. Like, because I remember when Instagram came about and there were spaces opening in Portland or in, in Detroit or other parts of the country where the rent is much cheaper. You can get much bigger spaces um, because, and if you felt like the digital world was the end all and be all, then like, you're like, well, why wouldn't I be even in Los Angeles, have a gallery in Pasadena um, in a big warehouse where I have a lot of real estate. Um, I think, I think the answer to that has always been um, access into uh, like how to facilitate access um, 
into a space, into an experience that is physical. Um, and that's why people pay the high rents. People want to be next to each other, um, mm-hmm. locationally and all of those things. And, um, so in a way, this question isn't very new. I mean, the coronavirus really hasn't changed, um, the question because it's, it's really about physical access still, right? Because uh-huh. we're locked in our homes. You're like, Oh, we're, we're physically constricted, constricted. Um, and so I'm not sure if I'm answering this very clearly, but, um, this is what, I mean, I, again, I've been thinking about this this week because I'm like, Oh my gosh, this new era, this new kind of like digital era where we can do seamless online viewing and all this stuff has the potential to obliterate, um, site, physical site. Right. And to make it, uh, to make it totally a thing of the past, but you realize that it's always that danger, that kind of like that threat to real estate and to physical, um, storefronts or physical galleries has always been, has, has been there for a few years already. And I think what people will really start craving, and this is my guess, mm-hmm. and again, this is something that I've learned a little bit by observing what's happening um, in Korea, is that people want to see things in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll probably want to see mm-hmm. things in real life more mm-hmm. now that they're locked in their home. <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, there will be a little bit of a kind of uh, a limit to how much you can do in the digital world, because I think people will want to start engaging soon again with, um, real physical interaction. And that's why we kind of early this week has, we've been like, okay, let's set up a system where we can roll out where there's an appointment, you know, it's like where people know that they can come in and it's one person, or if you come with a husband or a wife or a partner, or, um, one other person that you feel safe with, like you can come, you don't have to touch anything. You, you can just come in and out 30 minutes and then out, you know, it's like there's, we're trying to set up a, a system where people feel where we can create access. Um, you know what? Not only to service our artists, but also to service the viewer. Right. And you know what's so crazy? In the midst of all this, and I've done, <clears throat> I think, you know, close to, I, you know, 20 plus interviews just in the last 24 hours. I'm a crazy person. But yeah. you are the first person who's come up with an analog um, response to this issue. Everybody's talking about... Um, digital, 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 which I think is so important, virtual, you know, online, everything is internet speak. And it's so wild that it took me 20 something conversations to get to someone who was like, oh, I'm coming up with a literal analog solution to how people can come to the gallery, not touch anything and be in and out and it's a seamless transaction. And I think that, and uh, experience, excuse me. And I think that that's genius. Well, you think about what's really important to the artist, right? At the end of the day, the artist is not, I mean, is not going to ha- want their physical objects. Like you said, it's like, it's like, how do you, how are you going to serve the artists at the end of the day mm-hmm. that make the work for you? And that will be to figure out a system in which, yes, sure, you can figure out how to put it on Instagram TV, you know, like all of these things, right? Which we are doing. Um, 
and we're doing the virtual viewing. We're doing all of that, but that's not going to be enough in the long term. And it's not going to be satisfying to mm-hmm. the artist or to the viewer. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I've concluded after thinking about it for a few days because I'm like, and going through a lot of the different scenarios of, of how we should handle this. And it just goes, I mean, I know it sounds like weird and modernist and like Michael Fried, like presentness is grace, all those things like about physical, like about the physical kind of like bodily experience of being next to an object. Mm-hmm. Like I know it sounds old fashioned, but like that's why art fairs existed for so long. Yeah. Where everybody had to bring work to there. You know what I mean? Like the technology has always been there where you could have a virtual art fair. Yeah. But like, why was it so important to physically bring something to a city? And in an era where you can't do that, why would you try to undercut that instead of try to figure out a new system, a new, a new local system for your local base, at least to be able to access that. And, and I think, um, I also needed something where I can go to our artists and be like, listen, you have been working on this body of work. We're going to do whatever we can so that there is some visibility so we can get a critic because you know what the thing is, is like criticism won't stop. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't stop. Mm -hmm. Right. But how are critics then going to review shows based on virtual spaces? Like, no, I don't think so. I don't think that, that would feel satisfactory. Well, I just want to say not to be cutty, but like, honestly, when I own my gallery, um, <laughs> I had a lot of uh, people, I, maybe they weren't art critics, but they were art writers. And right. when they wanted to write about a show and I've had this happen, people that wrote about shows that they never visited. They would just ask for the PDF and the press release. Yeah. And then they would read that and they would write about it. Yeah, yeah, and it's a shame, and 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 of course that happens, right? But I think we'll have a new, like, just as much as for so long we took for granted access to physical space. Mm-hmm. I think access to physical space will feel like much more like a treasure trove, or we'll we'll understand the value of that more in this era than we did before. Yeah, I you know I think it's going to be the inverse. Yeah. I curated a show a couple years ago that was about, well, I mean, it wasn't like I was seeing into the future, but I, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I, uh, that's not a Corona cough, by the way. That's... I know. I had a, I had a, <clears throat> I coughed earlier this morning and I sneezed <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I got really paranoid. Um, but, but yeah. no, I did this show um, maybe five or six years ago that was called precious and and uh the show was about uh mark making and i the reason i called the show precious is because you know i i get very woo woo when it comes to what exactly art is and i tend to say that you know art is the physical manifestation of one's aura and um and so i really believe that mark making is so precious, whether it be precise or it be wabi-sabi. And, um, 
And I wanted to draw attention to that um, in that exhibition a couple years ago. And, you know, thinking about viewing work online, like, think how tiny your Instagram screen is. You will never, like, being in person with a work of art, seeing that a human hand produced those things, that there was so many thoughts, feelings, emotions, experience, education, all these things that led up to like one brushstroke, let alone thousands, let alone a body of work, let alone an oove, you know? And, um, and I just think that, you know, what an artist does is remarkable and placing it into a digital space while it could be a prosthesis for a lot of this, it is not the solution because Art must be seen and art must be felt. Listen, if if that was satisfactory, like the you know seeing an image online was satisfactory, then people wouldn't would stop buying art. Like they would just have it projected on a screen, yeah. <laughs> on a high resolution screen. You know, it's like it's like there is something we're dealing. It's an industry that deals with objects in real space, yeah. in architecture, and you can't really. If you wanted to undermine that, you you would undermine the entire history of art mm-hmm. and what it stood for up until now. Yeah, and and I just don't mm-hmm. think that 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 foundation is going anywhere, and that desire, which is a very human desire to connect something, to connect with something in person, mm-hmm. um, is going to go away. It might actually. Uh, even come out more mm-hmm. in this era. Yeah. And that's kind of what I, I mean, listen, I've been home kind of more or less. I don't know. I've been going <laughs> back and forth to the gallery and home and the grocery store, but I'm realizing that this pattern, this limited pattern is not sustainable. Right. Like of, of being in the house and going to the grocery store and then being in the house. Like we are fundamentally, not built to exist that way to exist in our own prisons like that and I think um again I think I have a little bit of the advantage of thinking about this a little bit more in advance through the lens of what has been going on in Korea um two months ahead of us and it's kind of given me a an ability to react a little differently probably than your other 20 interviewees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, and not to say what they were saying is not valid. I also have been thinking about those things and having set, you know, and setting up a game plan to implement all of those things. I mean, yesterday I had first thing in the morning on Tuesday, which is when my staff was in, um, we had a very, sparse me like we basically everybody was in a different corner of the room talking to each other um but you know the thing that i said to uh our archivist who also does a lot of the photography and videography of the gallery i was like i was like listen what materials what equipment do you have or do you not have right now to do video recordings sound equipment Mm -hmm. mic all that stuff Mm -hmm. and he's like he's like yeah because I've talked to him about this before and he never actually had the time to pull the trigger and get it and I'm like okay I was like and he had a list he was like "I, I think these six things 
would help, like a, something to stabilize a camera if you're walking through all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, a, a better mic. And, um, and I was like, okay, drop, you drop everything right now that you're doing and call Sammy's camera, see if they're still open because they might close at any time and go right now before things start closing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what he did. He went out, got all that stuff. So it was like, so we're, we're doing all this prep work also on a lot of different levels. Um, so that we can kind of seamlessly segue into, into, you know, what we have to do. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, when all of this is over, whether or not it's in two months or, you know, eight months or a year, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think openings, I mean, my prediction is that openings will be really full again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think people had lost interest in going to openings because they took it for granted. I mean, I think there's going to be a return to um, wanting to be in spaces with other people and to look at things in real life and all those things. So, um, again, like just thinking of that as the as as where we will be mm-hmm. when this is over, um, the key is to continue that at, at a trickle. Um, the ability to kind of do these experiential things in physical spaces, but um, without, you know, also without losing uh, the interests of our artists to continue exhibiting with us. Yeah. Okay. My final question, what is the funniest thing or meme you've seen about the coronavirus? (laughs) Okay. Um, Hold on. Let me... Well, I don't know if I clarified this yesterday, uh, earlier, but I am currently at home, uh, also trying to homeschool my two kids, who are three and six, um, and I think the best is, it's a quote, it's just like, if you see me talking to myself this week, mind your business, I'm having a parent-teacher conference. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, to that point though, because I'm, I'm not a parent and I'm single. I don't have a partner. Um, I have just been home alone and I have been talking to myself a little Uh, too much. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know why you have 20 of these done already. (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah. Well, I'm just, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm taking advantage of my of my situation right now. And, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, wrap with you here in a minute and I'm talking to some other really amazing people in the art world. So, you know, Oh, well, thanks tuned. for including me. Yeah. And, uh, I'm glad we're able to talk to each other yeah. and entertain each other for, um, uh, half an hour today. Yeah. So, uh, we'll talk soon. Okay.